0: Yo, yo, my name is Big Lou, and you are now listening to Go Produce. We're the show that explores how music industry professionals turn their passion into profits. In this episode, we've got Dan Broadbeck, a very humbling Juno award-winning producer, engineer, mixer, and guitarist, and an esteemed music educator. The Go Produce focus of this episode is how is the transition from owning and operating a recording studio to being a music educator? And what is the required mindset for success in this pursuit? If you are or have considered music school, or if you're curious what it's like to make award-winning music, then this episode is for you. Beautiful. Thank you, Dan, for being here. I want you to know that we do really appreciate your time, so let's go ahead and make the most of this and go-go-go-go produce. Listeners, let me tell you who we've got here today. Dan Broadbeck, he's a Juno award-winning and Grammy-nominated producer, engineer, mixer, and guitarist hailing from London, Ontario. Throughout the 90s, Dan owned DB Recording Studios, with working with various artists, including the Gandharvas, who received a Juno nomination for Best New Band, and Garnett Rogers, who also received a Juno nomination. In the year 2000, he became a partner at Emac Recording Studios, where he worked with uh, artists such as Headstrong, the Salads, Clockwise, Anna Lovelace, and Landon Pig. In 2003, he worked on the debut solo album, Are You Listening by Dolores of the Cranberries. He produced, engineered, played guitar, and wrote on Dolores' follow up album, No Baggage, for which in 2010, he won a Juno Award. Did you guys hear that? He won, he won a Juno Award for Recording Engineer of the Year. In 2017, he co-produced, engineered, and mixed Ivory Hours song Dream World, as well as Texas King's song Circles. Dan contributed to three albums for the Cranberries, Roses, Something Else, and In the End. Take this in. In the End was nominated for a Grammy for Best Rock Album. That's huge. Currently, Broadbeck is the coordinator, as well as a professor for the famed music industry arts program at Fanshawe College. Dan... There aren't many that can say that they've lived lives akin to yours. Welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem. No problem. It's an honor to have you here. I think from here, we should just get right into it and jump into the first segment. What do you think? Sure. Beautiful, beautiful. So first up, we've got The Basics. The Basics is designed for us to run through some simple questions, and we just want to get to know you a little bit better. Let's get right to that, then. First question, Dan, what is your first musical memory?
1: Uh, playing, um, uh, what's it called? Um, da, 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 Christmas song, um, Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. Yeah, it was the fret number 447024. It's the first thing I ever learned. It's the first thing I ever remember. Besides asking my dad my dad if I could play the guitar, if I could like, get a guitar and learn how to play. So
0: you learned Jingle Bells but,
1: on the guitar? Yeah, first thing I ever learned. Yeah,
0: and that's that's seared <laughs> into memory now.
1: Uh, yes clearly
0: (laughs) that's amazing very nice I like starting with that question because it really allows people to draw back and see almost where your root of your inspiration came from you know
1: I was six and I haven't stopped playing since so that's that's it that's yeah
0: that says enough that says enough (laughs) very cool my next question for you is outside of music which is clearly you're very talented do you have any hidden talents that people may not know that aren't too popular
1: Hidden? Sure. Cooking. You like to cook. That would be uh, – absolutely. Would other people say you're good though? Uh, yeah, okay. actually. Yeah, I I would think so. I think my brother's the same. I know a few engineers and producers and writers and stuff that are the same for whatever reason. I don't know if it's the artistic sort of part of it. Yeah. It's still – it's
0: Oh, it, it it's is useful, hugely artistic.
1: If you know what I mean, like music, I, I, there's lots of artistic stuff that's uh, – useful is a wrong word, but – it serves a pretty immediate purpose, if you know what I mean. You cook something, you like it, you eat it, as opposed to hanging it in your wall or whatever. So I, I it's an immediate sort of feedback. It's not always good, but I do love doing it. It's yeah. A, and it's a passion of mine. So.
0: Yeah. Actually I'm just I'm just herring in here. I'm being told to ask you about spring rolls.
1: Oh, yes. Every Chris every Christmas Eve. That's right. Every Christmas Eve I, you
0: make spring rolls.
1: And Anything that I can think of putting inside the spring roll wrapper, it becomes like <laughs> a, ch- a challenge between me and my daughters. It's just anything you can put inside a thing and wrap it and deep fry it is really what ends up going on. And then lots of napping.
0: And lots of napping. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of the process. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. What would you say you what would you not suggest putting in one of these wrappers?
1: Uh, anything too liquidy. Because I did it once with uh, like Nutella and like that you know that um, uh, marshmallow fluff stuff. Oh. And it just I forget what it's called, but yeah, it could. Yeah, if it was actual marshmallows, it'd be different because it's kind of more solid. But anything liquidy just melts. It it leaks out. Yeah, and it's not really. It doesn't doesn't make the oil taste good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No bueno, no bueno. Do not put liquidy in these wraps. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh hell no. (laughs) we've got a very opinionated sound guy back here (laughs) dan i've got my next question ready to go i know you said you started off with jingle bells on the guitar but how was your style born that was when you first played but you know you need to you need to invest before your style is really developed how did that happen for you
1: it's still evolving um although i think i i think i still sound like i think at this point i sound like myself if i play um but that myself comes from see my dad listened to like the first records i listened to were 50s records not i mean i it was the 70s early 70s um so it wasn't current music at that time because he was listening to music that was like 15 years old or from him like favorite music and stuff so when you start with the beginnings of rock and roll music to play it's kind of a good place to start meaning literally the beginning of the electric guitar and I think it could be honest I think it's positive as opposed to starting in the 80s with you know Steve Vai or something which is impossible to play it was basically the ease of the ventures and like simple guitar music but the beginnings of guitar music yeah, so you need that that it's the roots of all modern guitar music so from that point then stuff like Uh, Hendrix was a massive influence Um, and then getting into 80s was like Edge from U2 which is a completely simple not even remotely the same but uh, stylistically innovative like Hendrix was but not necessarily his playing wasn't the amazing part so strangely and then records like producers listening to albums and understanding that the guitar um, or any instrument you're playing is the only as important as the song is. So I don't care um, if I'm going to be flashy in a song, if it makes, if it supports the song, supports the lyrics, then so it's kind of evolved into, it sounds like me now I put the guitar and I think, Oh crap. That sounds just like me. And I guess that's a good thing, but you know, I, I do play a lot of styles, but yeah, it, it's, it's born out of pretty like rootsy stuff, honestly. Right.
0: Right. No, I I totally understand that. And then at the same time, I'd imagine that while you're working and practicing and developing your skill, you're going to almost sway away from your style to understand your range. Yes?
1: Oh, completely. Yeah. The same thing is with producing and engineering and stuff. If you only do stuff that you like, if you want to call it that, or you, uh, you don't branch out to other stuff it doesn't really do you any good. You're only going to be um, good at one little thing. And if the the more influences you pull from, you'll end up pulling them into that thing that is you. Um, And the same with making records. So it's, it's, it's really important because I play in a lot of other people's stuff and I don't want to sound like me. I've done that for years. Um, And I just play, I mean, I've I've also played in a lot of records where they don't know that I played to be completely honest. I just replaced somebody's parts. Um, And I need to sound like that person, not me and so it's actually really good because it 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 uh, you end up coming back to what you do but it, in in the end everybody does it you mimic somebody and then you kind of take what you took like from them and then you turn it into your own right. thing right it's your own it's expression songwriting too. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah very cool very cool my next question for you in this segment is what can you do that you've never done before
1: what can i do that yeah, i've never done yeah you got I, a I long
0: list of accomplishments here that i Lost my breath while introducing you, Sue. So, is there something else that you can do that perhaps you've never or that you haven't done yet that you want to do? Obviously, there is a lot that I
1: want. There's a that I would want to do. You know, I no, I do what I wanted. I, I hate the sound. I, I you know just it's boring. But I'm pretty content in what I'm doing. And it's changing all the time. Like I the stuff I do at the school at Fanshawe is I was teaching, a uh, date 13 years ago. Um, but it was part time, and I'm kind of moving. So I, I've been coordinating the program for four years. So that's I just finished my fourth year. So that's um, that keeps me busy. Um, that's not as musical. It's that's more like organizational, and you're like an ambassador for the program, and you're. Uh, but I love it. So I, this is cha- even that job's changing all the time, and responsibilities are changing. Musics I'm doing changing. I'm doing you know more stuff. Um, more stuff in my basement and not as much in a studio with people like that keeps changing anyway. So I'm actually pretty happy with what I'm doing, to be honest. That's
0: awesome, though. I mean, yeah. why would you not want to be happy? That sounds like you've achieved uh, yeah. it.
1: Uh, everybody's got their own version
0: of that. So it's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You touched on your career at Fanshawe and how you started there 12 years ago, but part time. Did that make the transition a little bit easier for you? starting part-time and then doing all of what you do now there oh yeah
1: Be- because i didn't expect to do that i was asked to do it like three days before school started in <laughs> 2007 what um it- yeah they didn't uh, somebody that was going to teach the course um jack richardson famous jack richardson had just retired and um it didn't work out with the person they were going to wreck was going to do it the job the first year production job so they asked me, and I was like, oh, okay," because it was only a couple days a week, and I was it was in London. I'm in London, so I kind of just rescheduled stuff and and figured two days a week that's going to be easy, and I did it. But within a month or so, I loved it. So, um, it's the job I'm doing now is not like a full time job at that at, at a school like that's not an easy job to get. So it's not like I just went, "Oh, I'd love to do this full time." How about now? Things had to fall into place. It's not. That's like a unicorn, that job. It does, it, <laughs> it's a full-time professor job and everything. It's a really great place to work. And it's the discipline that I am really passionate about. It also allows me headspace-wise and time-wise to also still do what I do. So even though I'm full-time. So yeah, it made it easy. But it also made it like, uh, I, if somebody would have said, hey, do you want a full-time job teaching in 2007? I would have said no. Um, because I, I didn't know I was going to like it. I just did it because I was like, yeah, sure, it's like a few months, and if I don't like it, I just won't do it again. And I loved it as much as I ma- as I like making records. So if I, if I love I'll it, look. why not do it? Uh, yeah, and they're course. paying me, and I love it. Why would I not do that? That's what jobs are for. If you can find one of those, you know.
0: Yeah, and it complements what you're doing, like you said. Absolutely, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. My last question for this, this segment, a little bit deep, um, but I like to ask it does your creative process look like?
1: It couldn't be more. It couldn't, I, I couldn't just, dis- I can't describe it. Okay. Because it couldn't be more kind of, if you want to call it organic, I know if you're sitting here in a room, I'm sitting in with all this equipment, you can't see it this way. It's the other way around. You'll see the gear and stuff, but that's not that impressive. <laughs> computers
0: I, I'm quite impressed. I um, must say,
1: but, but sometimes it's just a drum beat and I'm, if you're just playing along, sometimes it's if I'm writing with somebody, which I often can do online, which I, uh, I do with a couple of artists online a lot, way before um, quarantine. <laughs> um, and uh, just because of the distance. And um, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm feeling this. Oh, OK. Uh, how about this chord? Or how about this? And it, honestly, the song part takes now 20 minutes. Like, it's not that. Because I don't write lyrics. So I think that's one of the things that really, really takes way more time to me. And I I envy people to do it well. Um, If somebody's got lyrics ready or they've got an idea for a lyric, like when I worked with Dolores from the Cranberries, um, it was, it got down to the point where she'd just play a chord or two and I'd be at her house and she'd just play a chord and say, "Um, what are you thinking? Is it, is this a rock song? Is this like a, and she'd be like, I don't know, whatever you feel. And she'd leave and i it was like a chord and maybe three notes of a melody sometimes a melody sometimes a lyric but often nothing and she'd leave for go for a jog and by the time she came back i was expected to have a song written and recorded a demo but so it's like my inspiration or whatever you want to call it is almost like an episode of chopped on the food network (laughs) where it's literally like a bunch of stuff stuck together and I'm going, uh, um, and just trying to put stuff together, and it's a, it's almost like a challenge. But I love that. I, I, I like that better than something, thought out.
0: Right. It's not a step by so step process.
1: Never, huh. ever. And it's, people find it odd if they go to work with me, even as a producer, that I would want tempo, key, arrangement, basically started. Besides, and if and somebody can actually play well. So if I ask them to play something that they're not playing, they can do it. Otherwise, I just don't work with them. So. It, it, no, it's just true. If you can't play, what the hell am I there for? So, no adjustment, um, you
0: got to do it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. A- and at that point, it's like, as long as everybody's kind of good with that, I, I don't do a lot of pre production. There'd be some people that kind of find that odd. I teach people to do pre production and I barely do it. So, I'm um, it, it's not normal to just walk into a room and just start flying by the seat of your pants, but I like it. I would rather do that because it, it's, it's exciting to me more than over planning everything but i plan i over plan the stuff that should be planned so don't don't get me wrong so it's a it's an odd process for me but that's what i like
0: so because you almost leave it to spontaneity when you're in the room with the artist and you see how you guys are vibing to get the feel of what you want to do that's my interpretation of that how do you how do you communicate with the artist to make sure that you're you know on the same level are you blatantly brutally honest with them do you try and like hold their hand is it different because of the artist
1: every single person's different there are people that would say that that would be wrong um that you treat everybody the same or whatever but i don't think that's true because and i think that's the same way when i'm talking with students and stuff um everybody to get the best out of somebody that is not the same way with everybody so if 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 I was to get, be, I, I mean, the word brutally honest, I don't, honest is honest to me. That's not good. That's really good. I don't understand why saying something's not good to somebody is, would be brutal. Saying that's a piece of crap. Any idiot could play that. That's just being a jerk. So if, You're you, right. if people would call it something like <laughs> that brutally honest, I just, being honest is totally fine, but you can frame honesty to not hurt people. So I've just found personally that um, if you're honest with people, yet saying it in a way where they're like, oh, okay, I know what you mean. I want to do, I want to do that better. Everybody's different. And you got to learn that person in about 10 minutes. And that's, not, that's the hardest part of what I do for a living, including teaching, by the way, because it's the same thing. So if you, if you just are, some people would, you say something to people and they'll take it, not take it wrong, but take it a certain way. Other person will think, oh yeah, well screw you, I'll do this. You know, I could say to somebody and laugh at them and tell them that's the worst part I've ever heard in my life and they'll laugh with me and they'll play it again. I'm like that with myself. I'll think, you know, why do you even own a guitar, you loser, as I'm playing? And it's I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> right. Oh massively <laughs> massively brutal. Um, right now. Right now I do. So um so I think if you can figure people out as you're talking and you can kind of figure this kind of approach won't work with this person, this one will, you have to know that quite quickly or you'll lose them and then you'll never get them back.
0: And to be honest, outside of the production world and the music industry as a whole, this is a crucial, critical skill that you need to develop. I mean, how often are you encountering different kinds of people that you don't necessarily encounter every day and then you have to react differently or respond? It's it's, it's very life-altering skill.
1: But still being yourself, you don't, you're not faking it that's what's that's the part that's hard if you're if you're the people can sense that you're faking it then no it doesn't work yeah
0: no you got to be genuine yeah 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 that's awesome that brings us to the end of this segment i thought uh, I, I, I i i'd like to say that that was kind of heavy i mean we got a lot out of that in the first segment which is super super cool excellent but uh, now that you're warmed up you ready to continue
1: Absolutely, for sure.
0: Beautiful. Pew, pew, pew. Our next round is the speed rapid fire round. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So the rapid fire question round is designed to be answered quickly. We ask you to either say yes, no, this, that, or neither. Do not try and justify any of the responses during the event. You have the opportunity to do so afterwards. Cool. Any questions? I don't no. Know. All right. Let me get ready here. And three, two, one, go. Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Toilet paper. <laughs> over or under? Oh, under. Are you in or out?
1: I don't even know what that means.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Neither. Cool. Noted. Are you hungry? It's. Time for pizza or a burrito? Burrito. You trying to live the life of luxury or the life of leisure? Leisure. Is it better loud or is it better soft? Soft. Do you prefer day events or night events? Oh, night events. Night events. Does your birthday always happen on the same day?
1: No. Nope. No. Nope. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, of <laughs> course. <laughs> Day of the week, I was
1: thinking. So Yeah, it's
0: confusing. The same date, yes. Yes. Dine-in or delivery? Delivery. Do you think you look like Mr. Incredible? No. No. Up or down? Up. Were you nervous on stage at the Junos?
1: No, I was drunk.
0: <laughs> Can a tiger be your pet?
1: no you prefer
0: pancakes or crepes pancakes we just spoke about this do you ever feel imposter syndrome
1: oh yes all the time
0: (laughs) yes giving back (laughs) is gratifying yes or no
1: i missed the question sorry
0: giving back is gratifying oh yes is the water wet yes is weird or normal better weird are you itching to get back onto the stage once we can yes after this would you like to enjoy a glass of wine yes yes i i think i might treat myself to one too (laughs) but that brings us to the end of the segment is there anything you'd like to clarify no that was pretty clear yeah nice and easy quick and go yeah yeah all right all right dan next up we've got the what's yo take segment (laughs) Bow, bow, bow. In What's Your Take, I will provide you with up to five quotes, statements, topics, or ideas, and we ask you to only share your opinion. Does that make sense? Sure. Good to go. Yes. Good to go. We're, we're, we're flowing nicely. My first one is, how has the music industry changed since the 90s? Has it changed for the better, for the worse, or perhaps a bit of both? Specifically in uh, London.
1: A bit of both. Worse or specifically in London, that's a tough one. But uh, in fact, it might be back to kind of the way it was more in the early 90s around London because there was a pretty cool scene in London um, with a lot of young bands. Uh, You mentioned in the opening the Gandharvas, who was up for Best New Artist at the Junos and stuff. And I was like 26 years old when I produced that record and they were like 22 or something like that so it was that was a but there was a lot of cool things going on and there's a lot of neat things going on around the world at that time musically um late 90s into the 2000s obviously nobody knows what the hell's going on with the music industry so um calling it dead or um well i guess that industry the record industry might be um and i think now people kind of starting to kind of figure out what's going on. And there's a really cool scene in London. And I have to say a lot of it's to do with the MIA program at Fanshock. Cause there's a lot of people that come together, start bands and like yearly. And then, so there's a turnover almost. Um, and you also mentioned um, Ivory Hours and Texas King and stuff. And those were the first London bands I had worked with in about 15 years. I, I just, not that I didn't want to, I was just working with other people and I don't know people think you're, 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 uh, too expensive, or something. If you're working with the labels and all that kind of stuff, um, but uh, so I don't know if it's just me that sees that kind of renaissance of this kind of coming around. But it's better or worse. I, I, it's tough in some ways. It's horrible, like horribly worse. And in other ways, it's like way, way, way better. So worse or better? I don't know. It's just definitely different. Different. So.
0: Okay, different isn't necessarily better or worse. How about the same yeah. question but on a grander scale? Outside of London, do you think the I mean, uh, how, like how has it changed? Not necessarily better or worse, but um, what I ha- ha- happened?
1: I think the uh, obvious thing is people buying music. Um, so there's less money generated from physical CD sales, um, record sales, whatever you want to call them. Yet there is more money spent on music than there ever has been. Yeah, there's massive revenue music industry. It's the record industry itself this difference. So when you look back 25 years ago, people used to tour um, and not make money on the tour. It cost a lot of money to tour. So they would make money on the record, but you were, you were touring to promote the record. And now you make a record to, to promote your tour because you're, stri- <laughs> yeah. you're, yeah. you're just You're just streaming it. So yeah. large, large artists are making, they're making good money. Don't get me wrong and streaming because you can't, if you're, if you're Taylor Swift, you're making good money streaming. Um, but it's not like the money it used to be yet there's a lot of money. There's just different revenue streams. So it's, it makes you just be a little bit less, um, you have to be maybe a bit more savvy or at least the people around you do as opposed to, okay, I'll write the songs and all this big team of people do everything else because people are looking for an artist to be a lot more personable one-on-one on social media, et cetera. And, stuff, and that, that takes a different kind of person. It's not, except now people are growing up, understanding that, um, if you would to went back 10 years and try to gut people that didn't do that to get engaged, they wouldn't, but the new, new people, that's, it's, it's a part of it. So they, they have no, they have no choice. And they also just, it's a part of life um, uh, being seen like that. And social media isn't being personable with people. So it's just very different. So it's, it's a matter of just going with it as opposed to screaming, you know, why me, you know, it doesn't make any sense. You gotta ride the wave. It doesn't help you. Does
0: yep. How do how do artists make money if it's not so much from streams nowadays? Are there unorthodox ways that can work that you've seen outside of touring? Yeah. Because sometimes that's still tough to do as an amateur.
1: Yeah, all of it's tough. And the, the thing is what people don't realize is it's never been easy. And I think that people w- would be going on about this has changed and that's changed. You know, back in my day, garbage is um, – it, it used to be that you people went in to record somewhere. They had to record the big recording studio with a professional because that's the only people, because it was expensive and the gear was expensive and you kind of needed to know what you were doing. Um, you wouldn't go to a garage, you wouldn't go like, you know, fix your own car. You brought it to a professional and you just assumed they were good because they had a shop. So,
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Right. As, as opposed it's to just to your buddy who's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And then they just ruin your car. That's, it's a bit of a different thing now the way people do it I I don't you know it's not this it's not again it's not better or worse it's just it's just different and sometimes people just don't understand that this has never been easy so revenue streams it's like you know people make money on sync like getting songs played in television getting songs in movies getting songs maybe in commercials Um, they might yes they'll tour They might be helping writing songs for other people, which that revenue stream could take a while to start, you know, before you'd see money from that. Um, And lots of people have done those things over the years because they wanted to, but now you just might have to. So, So it used to be that this tiny percentage of people were even able to put out records. These people that got record deals put out records, but that was like a lottery. And it's the same number of people now that would get a hit, record that streams really well and gets does really well and they get money for touring and stuff it's the same I don't know you want to call it elite but it's a, it's a small number of people but it's always been a small number of people anybody that thinks that this used to be so easy and now it's super hard because it's not making money it's way easier for people to hear your music now than it ever has been and so really really strong music mixed with some kind of engagement you know something else something you know sometimes people really good on instagram and they'll take you kind of into their lives and you know the creative process and a lot of people interested so um i think it's the tools are there for everybody it just doesn't mean that anybody can do it just because the tools are there
0: ain't Does that, that the sense? truth yep yeah yep and sometimes from an amateur in the industry i'm speaking about myself it can be overwhelming when you see so many tools because you're like, where do I even start? Do I do this? Do I invest in that? Should I even consider listening to this person? But it's part of the process and each individual's person will have their own unique story. So it's it's very cool. Awesome. All right. Next question. You've produced, you've engineered, and you've mixed a wide range of successful albums and songs over the years. What is successful to you for a song or an album? Like how, would, oh, why would me, you call it successful?
1: I'll just be completely honest. As long as me and the artist are happy, I don't care what happens to it. And if that's something that sounds wrong to people, um, I, I used to, I used to be kind of driven a little bit more by, Oh, I hope people buy this or, um, it's, it's, it's successful if a lot of people have heard it or whatever, but um, I'm only, I, I don't care. I, I don't care about what style of music it is. I don't care who's going to listen to it. I don't care if, cause that's the first people you have to make happy is the people that are making the record. And if you're really pumped about it, I used to think, Oh, now that we're really happy, that means everybody else is for sure going to be happy, but that doesn't work. And if you start thinking, I'm not really happy about this, but I'm going to make this record so somebody else likes it because this is what people are doing these days. You're already finished. Nobody likes those records because they suck. They, It's somebody mimicking something or copying something. And it might have, even the stuff that people are copying like that, the good stuff still shines, the stuff that there's something interesting about it. And those people still, they liked it. And if you're doing it for somebody else, I I just would do something else, to be honest. I, it doesn't interest me to make music that, so as long as I'm happy, it's successful. and, and that's, that's different for me. That's, that's maybe 10 years ish of, and that was from Dolores, the cranberry singer. So, you know, that's, she did that her whole life and she sold 45 million records. So, um, and never cared if anybody else, like she liked, she wanted people to like it. Of course, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it wasn't, if somebody said edit your song because it's too long or there's no chorus or this, she'd say, well, then don't release that song. This is the way it is. I like this. Well, but we like it. We just want to add this. We just want to change this. Not even in a, in a in a diva kind of way. She just didn't understand why. You said you liked it. Now you want to change it. You either like it or you don't. If you don't like it, don't release it. And that, like, so as long as me and her were happy making music, because I worked for her for 13 years. That was, that was a long time to work with one artist. So, um, it, it reshaped to me what I consider successful. And I, I don't think it's an accident that, that, that a, a Juno win and a Grammy nomination comes from working with that person who thinks that way. So I'll go with that. That is
0: not a mistake.
1: No. Yeah.
0: How, so now that you've applied this value, how do you respond when you come across artists that are solely driven by revenue? Are you still able to work with them? Or is it, like, not fun?
1: Um, no, but I I, I wouldn't. Um, most people aren't. Most people actually, when they um, – they might be that way at first, and they're thinking they the, – the point is to be famous. I want to be a famous singer. I want to be a famous artist. Yeah. that you You lose that pretty quickly after you start making music because – you realize that the chances are very, very low. So you have to be happy with what you've done first, especially nowadays, it's gonna forever, um, because it's going to last forever, because it's going to be out there forever. So if if you're trying to chase it, and you're you know you're one day you're, you're singing like your favorite singer of the day, and you look like your flavor of the day singer, and you, you're that's embarrassing five years from now. So if you try to explain to somebody that what makes you feel good, that's going to get that's going to come across to an audience, um, and if they're like. Well, no, no, I don't want to do that. That that makes me like really vulnerable, and I don't want people to see that side of me. I just want to like it's more of a facade that I'm not interested, anyways. It, I'm not just not interested, to be totally honest. But you attract a certain type of person with the type of music you make, and and I make music I like, and, and I think it comes across. So if people want to work with me, they would they would want to work with me because they understand that I'm doing it for the sake of making really good music, as opposed to I have had people be like. Um, let's make this, let's, I want to work with you. And then when Dolores was alive, say, would you be able to play this to Dolores? And I'd be like, Oh, I, I get where we're going with this. No, <laughs> and that's not, you know, or do you have any connections you can send it to? And I'm like, that's not what we're doing this for. That actually bothers me. Like it rubs me the wrong way. Um, and that usually comes out halfway through working for somebody. And then you realize maybe they were working with you because you knew some people. And that's
0: interesting. I, so how do you how do you respond to that if that situation if it happens mid project or at the end of the project?
1: I just tell them that. I mean, if it, if uh, if I think it's something they're gonna like, I would play it to them. And I think if it's if they could really if this person would really want to help them, I would, I, I would do that. But if it and if it came out naturally, oh my god, you know that person. I wonder if they'd like it. That's different. But if you find out that that's the that's sort of the driving the incentive, force, yeah, behind um, it, yeah. I would just say I, don't, I just don't do that because the people you're sending it to or would like to, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. I'm going to be honest. Like, like not, p- people, you know, you're know, you going to talk to your friend and, or, that you worked with before and say, I've got this young artist and they really wanted me to play it to you. Or That's different if you're saying you've got to hear this. Like If it's coming from you, it's a very different thing. But I would just say I, the only thing I can do for you is make good music. I can promise you I'll make the best music we'll both really love. If anybody else is going to buy it or anybody else is going to hear it or if somebody else is going to, some famous person is going to hear it, I'm not, I can't guarantee you that. I can't even guarantee you I'm going to want to do that. So if it rubs people the wrong way, it rubs people the wrong way. I don't care.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you got to learn one way or another. Don't come into the industry expecting that you're owed everything.
1: Because oh, totally. that's that's, clearly the case says as anything. to what's gonna
0: happen. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. those that are on top, whatever that means, those that made it, they 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 don't they're not owed. They've a lot of the time earned it. Sometimes it can be it can be questionable as to how they got to where they are. But I mean, they've earned this.
1: Yeah, and I think the, the people that last a long time, even if you don't like it, you can go, okay, I don't love this. I wouldn't listen to this in my spare time. But I, I see why people grab onto this it's not just a song the way they sing it the way they look the way the production is the way like every it's it's everything right it's everything um yeah and the people that last a long time and are really really that I would look up to um they never think they're done like they are always trying to reinvent themselves or they're always trying to prove themselves to people and uh get better and like I like athletes that think like that I like I like, I don't care who they are. I don't care if you're just a person that makes a fence. I, I don't care if you're like, you want to be the best you can be all the time and get better at it. That's people. The best people always think like that. Um, yeah, I think people that inv- people that invent themselves, reinvent themselves, like David Bowie used to do it. Um. um U2 does it. And people would, uh, lots of bands have done it. And then people go, ew, I hate that. And it's like, well, then don't listen to it what they're doing is trying to get really, what they're trying to do is change and get really good at something and they're bored. And if somebody keeps making the same record over and over just because somebody likes it. So, and I'm not trying to, I'm not talking about chasing like a current trend. I'm talking about just going, um, I would rather not make music than make the same music all the time. And if you don't like it, I apologize, but this is what we needed to do. And sometimes you make a record that people go like, that's not very good. And then maybe you kind of come back around a little bit. You're experimenting, and people always blame that in the producer. I always find it funny. So they're like, "Oh, so and so did that." Like Metallica with Bob Rock. I'm, I'm a Metallica fan, but it's like, you know, they worked with with Bob Rock, and he turned them into. It's like, come on. You think that they had they were they were wearing handcuffs, and one man <laughs> took over five, four dudes. Like you will do that. Yeah. They asked for that. Like it's a, and it's a yeah. team of people. And then later they might go, yeah, those were dark days. We work with that guy and they did this to us. And it's like, what does that say about you? If you let somebody do that to you, I just love people who re and, and, and just don't ever think they're done. And when you feel like you're sort of treading water a little and you're not getting anywhere, quit every day, like, is move day on one. to something else. Yeah. I think so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I apply the same. That was, that was huge. This one is more designed for your education background. Hmm? Music education is required for a career in the industry. What's your take?
1: Required? No, I barely had any. So I, I, I think it helps, though. And I think in navigating today's music industry, which is, is way, way different. There isn't one way. Um, I think the things you learn are, um, like I, we all do this, the faculty. So I'm saying me, but I mean, everybody that I work with, um, you're, we've made a lot of mistakes. Um, I, I could probably save a student five years with a five minute conversation because I've done a lot of stuff where I'm like, no, I have to do this. I have to do this. i am be arguing with my wife. Like I got to go away and do this. I have to do this gig. I got to talk to this person. I got to. And then later I look back and go, what a waste of time. Like I didn't need to go down that path for, I mean, it, it helped me realize what I was doing wrong and whatever, but, um, it's not like you can people, but, um, there's a lot of things that I learned working with, like in my world, anyways, famous mix engineers and famous A&R people. Again, that's my world. They might not be famous, the average person, but, um, and I learned a lot sitting there, work, talking to those people. And, and, um, if we can be those people like a mentor or a, you know, because we hear music a little bit differently when you've been listening to work, music every single day in a weird way for 35 years. You just, you're, you can help somebody um, bypass some stuff or, or a different way of looking at it and say, that's that's not working and I'm not trying to be rude. It's just that that's, and if they're open to it, and, you're, and, and I'm always open to people's suggestions too. Um, I, I think the mentorship and all that kind of stuff, that's the biggest, one of the biggest parts of the education. It's not just this button does this, or this note does this, that you can learn that online, right? It's the other stuff that goes along with it and the mentorship and and the one-on-one stuff with people that is very difficult to get um, on a, by reading something.
0: Yeah. The mentorship, internships as well, all of that beneficial. So it's recommended, but not, you know, required. Cause that's a heavy, heavy word.
1: Absolutely not required because it's, 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 you know, look at the biggest artists in the history of a history of music. None of them went to school. I mean, well, none of them, but Paul McCartney couldn't read music and he's written a couple of songs from the last time I checked. So, and, and has been fairly successful. And and it's like, so no, it's not. And I think a lot of the people that are really good at this have a bit of both and that they were doing it before they ever did any kind of schooling and they have a passion for it. And they it just takes somebody like myself and a few people like me to put it in the right track and, maybe help them stop doing some things and, and refine some stuff and exploit stuff that they might not even know is really good. And I think it's a really positive thing that a good teacher will do to somebody is not keep pushing them about their shortcomings. Cause shortcomings, everybody has them. Stop. Don't worry about shortcomings. Let's start exploiting people's, um, Potentials. Uh, positives. Yep. potential, potential.
0: Huh? yeah, Cause you have to be the eye that sees what they don't yet see.
1: I, that's, I think, the most important thing any one of us could do, that teach anybody anything. It doesn't matter if it's music Most or not. definitely.
0: Most definitely. Yeah. Wow. Much insight. Many knowledge. This was a surplus of information. Um, and I'm not at all upset about that, but that does bring us to the end of this segment. Next up, we've got the very exciting Wheel Challenge. Yeah, yeah. Wheel Challenge. <laughs> I don't know how long this is going for. <laughs> is that good to go? <laughs> Perfect. Cool. So... In a wheel challenge, what's going to happen is I'm going to spin this wheel behind me for obvious reasons, and then you've got to complete whatever task is assigned. You may get lucky. You may not get lucky. If you do not want to face your challenge, you do have the opportunity to opt out. We've got some questions for you that aren't so fun for you to answer, but we'll leave that for you to decide. Any questions before we get going?
1: I have no idea what you're talking about, so that's great. Let's just go.
0: Perfect. (laughs) So we got this here. I'm just going to go ahead and spin, and then we'll proceed from there. We've got Phone of Friends. Are you on your phone, actually?
1: Um yeah.
0: Are you willing to call a friend and sing to them? Right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if I don't
0: (laughs) If you don't, you've got to answer an not so fun question. Actually, actually, you know Uh, what? We haven't that one's not so great right now, but let's do another one. This one's one of my favorites. This one is called Draw Something. There's a catch. You cannot look at what you're drawing and you've only got 10 seconds to draw. All right, that cool? All right, I've got the list yep. of items for you to draw so you don't have to think about them. They're kind of easy. I'm ready when you are, good to go?
1: I am ready, Okay. oh yeah.
0: So the first one, remember, no looking down. The first one, you got 10 yep. seconds on the clock and I will count down for you, is a tennis racket. Go ahead, draw a tennis racket. It's Three, oh. two, are you done? That is not bad at all.
1: It's I would not terrible. Be able to identify it's a that. little or a turkey leg. I'm not totally sure, but it, it you know, it's fine.
0: <laughs> we get, we'll give you the go. The guys in the back give you the go ahead.
1: Beautiful.
0: <laughs> next up, let's see if you can draw this. Ready? Your next task is to draw planet Earth. Three, two, one, go.
1: This is going to be terrible.
0: That's 5 seconds. 3 2 <laughs> done. <laughs> Let's see what you got.
1: I have no idea what that is. Hold on.
0: Grumpy sound guy, what you think? What you think? <laughs> Oof, no bueno. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, yeah, so it's, it's pretty,
1: 1-1. It's pretty bad.
0: It's pretty tough. I mean, I haven't tried this challenge yet. I don't think I'd be doing too well, but You've got one opportunity to redeem yourself because you, you want one, you lost one. You ready for the last round? All right. Okay. So
1: the last oh,
0: yeah. item for you to draw, three, two, one, is a light bulb. Go. A light bulb.
1: It's going to look a lot like that. <laughs> <tennis racket. laughs>
0: three, two, one. And that's time. Angry Sound Guy, what do you think? Is it too similar to the tennis racket or is it a light bulb? <coughs> Woo! We got a winner. We got a winner. You made it this round. You survived. Not too many people survived that, but you did well.
1: Well, I will I will have you know in in eleventh grade, because I, I I all I've ever done is play guitar and then draw and paint. That was the two I I was, I was an artist. And um I uh I had something in a gallery in London and it, I thought, Oh, it's gotta be this particular piece. It's gotta be this. Cause I was so proud of this particular, and they were like, I said, which one is it? And there was a, we had to look at the model and never look and never take your pencil off the uh, paper and never look at the paper and just do it all in one line by looking at the person, which it was a strange mess. Like nothing made any sense, but uh, so they liked it. And I was like, uh, out of all the things I did that I thought I really liked, that stupid piece of crap that I did when I'm not looking at the paper was the thing that ended up in this stupid gallery.
0: That's hilarious. That's wild. But that's how it works sometimes. You never know. Someone sees some kind of beauty or something that means something to them, and there it is. There it is. Now, before we move on, I do want to give you the opportunity to still phone a friend if you are interested.
1: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> not
0: interested. Fair enough, fair enough. We had to ask. We had to ask. That concludes this segment. It's a wheel challenge. Oof. Tell us how you really feel, grumpy sound guy. Come on. Our last segment of the show is called Clear the Air. What we want from this is for you to be honest about challenges, about common issues within the industry. We want others to become better and we want them to avoid unnecessary hurdles. We do realize hurdles are challenges that are required, but the unnecessary ones, like you're talking about, expediting someone's learning process is always great, so that's what we're gonna do here. cuckoo Oh yeah. First question here. What strategies do you apply to achieve success?
1: Oh, strategies six. I don't even know. I, I just do, I honestly just do. Okay. Sure. It's a strategy. Um, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it. Um, first of all, the best I can do it. Um, and I'm hoping that's also better than anybody else can do it. I'm just be totally honest. I, and if, if, if it's not, that's fine. Cause it's the best I can do, but I think it's important to make yourself indispensable to people. And that is a strategy, and that's the only one I can think of that I actually have. And that would be, I know I did that with Dolores. And it wasn't like conniving. I I honestly just, I I loved the work, and I wanted to continue to do it. So I needed her to need me, not need somebody like me. And she did sometimes use somebody like me, and it didn't work out. So I do that at the school. I've done that in bands. I've done it, when you know, even as a kid. So... Start to making yourself so they need you. And that's the people that I've worked with that are assistant engineers, et cetera, and used to own studios that I would want there. The people that I think, oh, I better, they have to be here when I'm here. And if they can do that, they, they've done something. I mean, also know that they won't be with you long because they're good at what they do, but making yourself so, because because getting, getting a gig is really hard, but keeping one I think is even harder. And um, it's really important to be, they need you, and um, sometimes it feels like you're, I, I'm I'm lying, like it's a bit of imposter syndrome, like we went back to before. Um, it's like, oh, you know, you're doing all this work to make it, and it's like, do, do you feel like I'm, I'm being dishonest by doing that? And I'm like, no, you're just doing really good work. But I honestly think that you, that's that's a, it's really important because lots of people want to do response. what I do, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and as soon as you stop, someone's gunning for it. So absolutely absolutely you got to give your best and you cannot do you ever feel almost being embarrassed by doing your best were you ever nervous about that what do you think about that
1: constantly yeah every day yeah 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 honestly constantly because as much as i think as i'm doing it oh my god this is great this is amazing this is great Like, because i'm the only one here for example but then when I send something off to somebody to listen to or I honestly believe they'll generally come back with, uh, that's no good. This has to change. That's no good. You need to change this. this. is. I'm honestly sometimes sort of surprised when somebody's like, that's really great. Thank you so much. I love it. Um, and there, it usually comes with a couple of comments like change this or change that. Um, playing a guitar part, writing a little bit. Yes, there are times, believe me, where you just know it's great, and so do they. And it's okay to go, this is unbelievably great, and I did it. It's fine. Th- that's okay. Because sometimes you just kind of know. There's that feeling that's like, oh, listen to this. But, gen- but that fades, by the way. <laughs> and I'm honestly constantly think, why am I here? Every time I'm ever asked to do anything. Like, why the hell are you wanting to talk to me? <laughs> I'm not joking. It's the same thing. So, putting out your, you put out your best. You do all the stuff, and I'm, I'm like, sort of em- a little embarrassed by it. Yeah, like a little bit, like, wow, this is all I could pull off. And somebody's like, wow, that was so good. I'm like, really? Like, honestly, I, it's. I think that's important, though. You know,
0: it's humbling. Personally. It's humbling to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. My next question that we want to clear the air with is, why did you move from owning and operating recording studios to actually becoming a music educator? I know you said you you kind of just tried it out and you saw you liked it, but what is it that you like truly captured you?
1: It's hard, um, you know, after a long, long time of doing what you've sort of dreamt of doing, and again, I'm not talking about being on the cover of a magazine or being a millionaire. I think I'm just talking about making a living doing the thing you love, things you love. Um, and ne- I never stopped to think, oh, I would teach other people whatever. But then, when you go to do it, because um, I'd done some little, little like guest lecturey type deals before, and that was kind of like, wow, this is this is kind of neat. But this was an hour, not every day, you know, for eight months a year. Um, When I was given that opportunity and you realize that all I was doing was talking about the thing I love, talking about all this stuff I've talked about constantly. I talk about with musicians, people were hungry to hear it. People want like, and it it was like very satisfying to me again, just as much of gratification, making a record and playing a guitar part or making a mix people love than teaching a class and having, you can tell when somebody's into it. Um, you, they come up and talk to you more later. They'll say like, "Wow, that was great." If people clap at the end of a class or whatever, it's not. It's like, "Wow, that makes me feel good about myself." It's just like, um, "I wish I had people like that a little, a few more of them." When I started doing this, and it's like, "Okay, this is," and I'm not, you know, it's not just me. I just mean people in my position and people I work with that have done a lot of stuff and
0: significance. It,
1: it just, yes, it feels like. It, it, I can't describe it because I just start doing it. It felt like completely normal to me. I mean, when you're producing a record, you're in that same role. You're not sitting down teaching a lesson, but the more a lesson feels not like a lesson, the better it is to me anyways. If it's just a big conversation at the end of it, everybody learns something. That's I, I prefer those classes. Yeah.
0: No, very nice. My next question is is around labels. Are they still the way?
1: No, they're just A-way. Um, and there are, yeah, I mean, labels, I, I assume we, we, we're talking about ma- major labels because anybody can be a label or start a label. So people with money, people work that you you sign and then they, they take, you make music and they take care of all the other stuff, whether it's financially and also marketing-wise, they do all that. They are A-way. And when somebody gets big enough where, and maybe pop music where, It is a machine. It's a little bit less organic. It's not musically not organic. I just mean it's a little bit more marketed than other kinds of music, et cetera. I think it's absolutely necessary. Um, And there's other types of music that are a bit more kind of underground. People are making a career. Like there are people that do really well on Instagram and they're actually, they have a lot of followers. They do really well. I don't even know if they're famous or not. I just look at them and I think they're great guitar players or songwriters or singers and then do really well, um, uh, they maybe don't even, they wouldn't work well under a label because a label, and not all labels, but big big major labels, you have to understand they're trying to sell something. They're not just in it just for the art. So if they can't sell it, they're not interested. So it's it's not bad. It's just, there's no different than trying to get something on a shelf at Walmart or a Home Depot if you make a product. If it's like, Wow, that's really cool, but I don't think anybody will buy that. That's what labels are for. They're they're trying to make something palatable for for, for people, and they market it. So yes, it's important for maybe certain more types of music, types of music. I think so. Yeah.
0: I I like you. Never you never said that it's totally unnecessary. And a lot of people's opinions on the matter would be like, no, it's a thing of the past. But you you still provided its relevance. So I liked your point of view. Thank you for that. My last question for this segment. We've come to learn that you've been nominated for a Grammy. You are a Juno Award winner. You are also quite the inspiration and a prominent figure within our city. We know you're humbled by it and you're like, why is this guy saying all these kinds of things about me? But it's true. What (laughs) What advice would you give to someone trying to pursue a career similar to yours? Doing, being in the field, producing, living it up, and then transitioning into giving back even more.
1: I think uh, it's so difficult because this isn't the kind of thing that if you stop for a few minutes, it, let me let me rephrase this. If if you if you think that what you're doing, um, you're not sure about it, and you're always not, you a little every now and then you're not sure. I'm not talking about the imposter syndrome and saying, well, I'm not sure if I'm great at this or not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, this is all I'm going to do. Um, That's an attitude you need to have. And it's not one you can create. You can't go, "Um, I'm feeling this way today. No, no, I I gotta, I gotta get through this. I'm going to pound through this. I've got, yeah, you'll have those every now and then. So don't get me wrong. But if you have doubt that maybe this is not your, like you don't have the stomach for this, then don't do it, because um, it took somebody close to me, by the way, um, telling my wife once, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know how Dan can keep doing that with all those failures." And um, the failures, by the way, were I think if you want to if you want to look at a couple of things that people could clearly understand, those two failures in those six months were ninety thousand dollars and working with two heroes of mine. See, I don't think that's a failure. I think that's a massive success. That's a win. So, uh, I think so. Um, and working with major labels and working with engineers you love and and heroes that are like en- mix engineers that are heroes of yours, and you're the producer and you're telling them what to do. But that, that's that's a massive, and then it leads to more work and more. And I I made money and I, I I kept eating and I worked and I kept moving on and, but the records didn't come out. So one was barely out and the other one was before it came out. And that's a failure to some people because it I didn't get this massive success from it now the fact that it wasn't a fail wasn't a massive success commercially would some people would be like oh that's that's really too bad it feels really bad for you and sure you get a bit of a you got to get a bit down here and there but to me it was like I just worked with somebody that I, I I look up to I made a lot of money on this this was really good a lot of fun I learned more I got better from it let's go next and That's massive success to me. So it, it, but I didn't go, no, I have to have this attitude. I really need this attitude. That's just was the way my brain worked. So if you're doubting, not doubting yourself, because everybody does, but I'm just doubting whether you should do this or not. Maybe you shouldn't. And I've said that to a lot of people and like it kind of, some people are taken aback and they're like, well, I doubt things. I'm like, no, no, of course we doubt each yourself, but I'm talking about, you have ups and downs in a day and you have all these things, but it's like if you just keep coming back to this and nothing's going to stop you from doing this, then that's what you're going to do. It, you just have to, I, I, I was not going to do anything else. I, I don't, I'm good at other things. I, I could have done other things. I'm, you know, I, I, I organized, I'm fairly smart. <laughs> I can do other things. It just didn't dawn on me that I should. So it, nobody ever said to me, you know, that's not, like smart, right? There's other things you could fall back on. I, nobody told me that. So to me, like, so, and if you're, if you're thinking that about yourself, maybe it's not something for you. So to me, the the first thing is, if this is something you're seriously passionate about and you really, you think you're pretty good at it, just do it. You can't, you can't doubt it. You just have to do it because what happens if in 10 years from now, you're like, man, I really wish I would have given that thing a shot, you at least got to try it. And to understand that it's not your thing to go through school. And then maybe a few years of making it your career. That's great. It's nothing wrong with finding out that that's not your thing. Not at all. And not, do not your- at
0: all be embarrassed by that.
1: Of course not. You, you no. do it, you try it out and you're like, wow. Okay. I thought this was going to be my thing, but I like having a stable nine to five job. Like that makes me comfortable then that's fantastic if you're happy that's all that matters if you're if you're like but that seems boring i want to be doing this other career that other people no you don't cuz you tried it and you didn't have the like the stomach for it i like like i don't have the stomach for it like i used to i don't i'm 52 years old and i'm teaching and i'm doing this other stuff and i make music i love to make um there comes a point where I'm very comfortable what I do. I love the the balance I have between the two, but I started doing this, and it was like nobody's ever said I shouldn't do it. And I I would have thought, what the hell are you talking about? It, so if you if you're if you're questioning it, maybe you shouldn't do it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. If you spend too much time doubting on it, for sure, don't continue. But you did make a good point where you got to try, try. And fail, try, and succeed, but you're gonna learn from it.
1: And you're always gonna fail. The thing is, do, what do you call it? It's like, oh, that's not. If you if you're down on yourself about the failures, and you keep thinking, oh man, this bad stuff keeps happening to me. Why me? That you're you're that's that's you're finished. You're done. Stop. Yeah. If you just think that was really cool, I learned from this. Move forward. Move forward. Move forward. If that's that idea, you the mentality you have. It doesn't have to be music, but whatever it is you love. You're going to be successful at it. Yeah. You are. Yeah,
0: yeah. And if you apply it to whatever you love, it does trickle into the rest of your life, and your life changes. No lie. Yes. No, that was a super solid ending to the segments. Clear the air is now resumed. But do, do you smell that? It's so fresh and so clean now that the air is clear. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that brings us to the very end of this episode. This was super, super awesome, Dan. I really hope you had a fantastic time.
1: I did. It was awesome.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. A lot of fun. Awesome. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. It's always a pleasure to have you here with us. Grumpy sound guy. I know you don't really like us, but you did a great job today. So thank you (coughs) prevail media group. This is a great venue and the team shout out to all you guys, but mostly and especially Dan, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have any final words that you'd like to offer the guests? Also, maybe you can, uh, let them know where to find you if that's something you want to share with them.
1: Yeah, to find me, mostly um, the easiest place is is Facebook and and Instagram, which is, um, I'm just I'm just my name, Dan Broadbeck, on Facebook and D Broadbeck 11. But you can find me, you can search my name on Instagram and find me too. Um, I'm I don't I'm not that hungry for it. Like I'm not I'm not that. I just post put stuff that I think is cool. Sometimes it's food and sometimes it's music. But as far as final <laughs> words, no, I, I I have too many words all the time. I never shut up. I think I've I've said enough.
0: Noted. (laughs) Noted. Your time was very much appreciated. Dan, thank you. Hoping to meet you one day in real life.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers,
0: Dan. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this, then follow us on Instagram at go.produce. Check out our show notes, support us on Patreon, and help us grow this community. All of this and more can be found on our website at goproduce.ca. I am Big Lou and I want to make sure that until next time, you go produce.